Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. We are in the 10th. Sixth inning. What a comeback win this is for the Rays. No question about it. What a win for uh, Tampa Bay yesterday. Their biggest comeback from six runs down since uh, a seven-run comeback of, since game 162. Uh, I think we remember that well. And guess who that was against? The New York Yankees. How about that? What a game. What a weekend at Tropicana Field, except for Saturday. Nick's birthday, the only game he went to. He's the curse. We always know, we definitely know that. Uh, what a weekend. Um, uh, this is what Rays baseball has become, this magical season that just continues to be nothing but magic, continues as Zach Brady walks it off. Um, I've seen teams like this before, even early in the season, where you just everything seems to go right for them. And, you know, usually – more times than not, it continues to go right for them. They got some juju going right now. Even though the injuries continue to pile up for your Tampa Bay Rays, they are still 10 games up on the Yankees, uh, off to the best start since the 1984 Tigers, and maybe this team just maybe can go wire to wire like that team did. Um, they've got some firepower coming back in Tyler Glass now soon. Uh, hopefully Pete Fairbanks will be back. This is a team that's still doing it without a lot of their best pitchers in the lineup, and that's incredible. Imagine if Jeffrey Springs was still around. I mean, imagine if Tyler Glass now was pitching on this rotation from day one. Maybe they wouldn't have lost the game yet. So the best could be yet to come for this team. That's the scary part. That's the scary part. And as we've said from the very beginning, you know, three games with the Yanks, but guess what? It's 14 with the Yanks. This balanced schedule already made the Rays 10 games better before they even started the season. Look at every team in the East is over 500, I believe, still. So, and they're going to be good baseball teams the whole way. You want to play a disproportionate number of games with them? Not anymore. Not anymore. And you you see what the Rays do to these weak sisters. So, they're they are rolling. Uh, that was obviously an emotional series, and it, it seems like the bigger the game, the bigger the moment, the better the Rays play, and that's good news as well. So, you, you when you look at postseason type environments, which we've kind of seen a few at Tropicana Field already this year. What has the Rays done? They've thrived in them. They've thrived in those those moments. So the louder it gets, the tighter the situation, the better they play because they're loose, they're playing with house money, and they're as talented as any, any team in this league. They can beat you so many ways, as we saw yesterday with the long ball, with the speed, with Siri. Um, it's, it's, it's just – and, and soon they'll be beating uh, teams with starting pitching, which they really haven't even unleashed yet. So – it's a great day to be a Rays fan, and uh, I guess the as well. 32,000 fans there yesterday with the upper deck open. Phenomenal. Nick, you were there on Saturday, unfortunately. Um, it, it, but it, what a great weekend. 
I don't think I'm a curse, though, because the most of the games I've gone to over the last few years have been against the Red Sox. And because the Rays have a winning streak against the Red Sox that goes back like 13 games or something at home, I've seen nothing but wins. So that was almost an outlier, okay. honestly, right. the other night. And it looked like they were going to hold on to that when they had a 2-0 lead through eight innings. Not much going on, but regardless, it right. was just, I like being in good atmospheres. And we've been, I've been to three Rays games this year, opening day, that Thursday game that we went to against the Sox, and now Saturday against Tremendous. the Yankees. And the lightest crowd that I've been involved in in those three was the one we went to. That was 22,000 on a Thursday afternoon. Wow. Wow. So I like being in good environments, and I can say that the environment uh, check, has, it's, it's definitely checked off every single time I've been there which was cool to see. Still too many Yankee fans for my liking. I told you on Saturday it was probably like 70-30. It felt like Yankee fans to Rays fans. I sat in a section where I was the only Rays fan in there, and I, I just that, had to that sucks. I had that to sucks. be around a bunch of New York people, and you know how they get sometimes. So yeah. no real issues to report there. But regardless, I like seeing the place full. 32,000 people on a Sunday, after, or a Sunday afternoon. I mean – when was the last time we had a crowd like that? It's got to be like a decade ago at least. I think they said they had 40,000 in 2016. Must have been go. some type of giveaway. Uh, or so eight uh, years. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, but even before that, I mean, it just doesn't happen. You know, and, and a lot of these games, uh, a vast, uh, many of these games have been on the weekend. And the Rays have really never had a hard time drawing on the weekend. But even no. now, it's, it's 10,000 plus than more than it used to be. So. It's great to see. Um, it, to me, it doesn't when – when you look at it as a larger discussion, does this mean St. Petersburg is a better place for the team? No, it does not because of one hot streak in terms of baseball and one hot streak in terms of attendance. We have 25 years of, of evidence to go on that it's a failed location. So let's don't be fooled. And plus, the Lightning are out of the playoffs. Normally, the Lightning are, are, are well into June, and that always makes the Rays second fiddle. Um, for those games, because you'll have Saturday and Sunday, sometimes Friday and Saturday, Sunday games um, in hockey. So we, we, you know, pump the brakes on all that talk. But this is, um, it's tremendous to watch. It's fun to see it. I mean, again, we, we talked about the prices last week, that some of the prices, um, you know, $50, $60 for upper deck seats that they opened up this week were, would, would bring in more Yankees fans than it would raise fans because, a lot of the Rays fans have already bought their $10 tickets for other things, you know, for the rest of the year, and they just can't afford those tickets. So you're going to price your team out, and I'm not a big fan of that. But, um, you know, if it was 70-30 on Saturday, I felt it was more 50-50 in the other games that I watched. What do you think? Yeah, at least yesterday it felt like there was more of a roar from the Rays crowd, and that's really all I'm going off of. The Rays only scored two runs on Saturday, and there was a lot of, you know, no action for about seven innings after that. But right. when the Yankees started getting it going, it definitely felt like the Yankee part of that crowd came out big time. The Let's Go Yankee chant was deafening. Uh, interestingly enough, that sucks. what was funny to me was Aaron Hicks, every time he came up to the plate, boo, from every Yankee fan, Aaron <laughs> Hicks, when he came to the plate, can't stand the dude. To the point where like the Yankees, like remember when they went on that run in the eighth inning and got three runs, and they were like red hot at the plate. Yeah. And they were all excited, and then they all realized that Aaron Hicks was coming to the plate, and all the Yankee fans were like, oh, come on. Like they just, <laughs> they, just, they just knew that right then and there the rally was over, and of course I think he grounded out or whatever. So 
I love it when they eat their own. That's my favorite part. They're still booing their own players, which is fair. Yeah. I don't know why he was in the lineup two out of three games. They took bait. Bought Boston, Philly, <laughs> and New York teams, when they start to eat their own, it is the absolute best. It is the best. It, it was, But it was great, though. You get two out of three. Like you said at the top, this was an emotional series, and it kind of started on Friday with Randy Rosarena, who, again, flair for the dramatics. How can, how can you – the Rays are in a movie right now. The first, the first Randy Land game, and he decides to hit one again. A really good pitch, by the way, and he continues. Yes. To, he continues to just spray all over the field, and he hits one over there. And I would have said in the race tank, but we have the net now. So I not, know. Not Boy, quite the whole damn thing, Pete. We hate you. <laughs> not. I would have been splash in the race tank. Been perfect. Beer for everybody. They could put Cerveza in the Rays tank instead of water. Let the Rays get drunk or take them out. Let everybody else jump in. Cerveza, Mas Cinco de Mayo. That's what I would have done. Splash that stuff in there. That would have been fun. It would have been, but it still come on. It still works. And then he does, you know, his, his signature pose as he gets the third base and he stared into the dugout. Uh, you know, we we talked about the line, right? Where it's going too far. I don't know where I necessarily land on that. I didn't know about that till after the game because I was just like oh, staring into the dugout. Yeah, I was like, man, because because yeah. he got plunked the next two times, and I'm just like, oh, these guys are salty, man. These freaking yeah, Yankees are. are a bunch of you know what, so they can't, and they just can't take it right now. And then Cash got tossed, and he should have been tossed because that's the. St- How do you not do a warning after the first plunking? How do you not do a warning? I mean, that's that's when the warning should go out. You don't let him get another freebie because yeah. the Yankees are probably laughing. Oh, we didn't get the warning. Good, we'll hit and him then, again. And then you know what bothers me later in what that are we game? Doing? Later in that game, I think it might have been. I forgot who was on the mound. It might have been Kevin Kelly or something like that. Uh, a slider gets gets away from him, and he hits a batter. And there's yeah. Josh Donaldson in the dugout, like laughing he and like falling back. He threw, and it, he, he threw it so far behind him, it wasn't even close because the ball obviously slipped out of his fingers. And then Josh Donaldson's going, ooh, that dude's the most, that dude's the most unlikable player I think I've come oh across God. at MLB. He's unlikable a, human. He's always on the injured list. He's stealing like $30 million from the Yankees right now, and he's going to just start jawing over there in the dugout. He's the Jackson Mahomes of baseball. Facts. Nobody likes That's him. That's big facts. Nobody right. likes him. You, he's just awful. But, but I mean, how does, the, how does the umpire not give the warning? I mean, it was plain as day what they were doing because they got a little butt hurt because Randy hit it into Randy land and everybody had a great celebration and got free beer. Yankees get a little butt hurt, so now we're going to start throwing at people. Why do they always do this? That's, all, that, that's the only thing in your playbook, Aaron Boone. And last time you did it, what happened? We went yard on you and took you out of the playoffs. Yeah, just be, when Chapman threw it, threw it our heads. And here you go again. You get a little butt hurt because some. And by the way, wasn't Randy doing that with his his third base coach? He wasn't doing it into the dugout. Shut up. <laughs> God, you guys are such. You're such. You get so butt hurt over the stupidest stuff. My God. And how? I'm so glad Cash got ejected there because that is so ridiculously bad umpire. By the way, the umpires all weekend long awful. Just awful. Oh, the, the strike. Uh, can awful. we? Uh, by the way, I've come around to this. Can we get the robo umps like yesterday? I know. I'm done with these guys. I, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah. Like, y- like yesterday in the game, it's like every Yandy Diaz at bat. It started with the first at bat he had. He was getting squeezed all day by that ump, and I'm just like waiting for Yandy. I mean, he almost got ejected the first time. Cash had to come get him. I was right. waiting for it, like in his third at bat or something, where he just got abs- He got called strike three, and it wasn't even close. And I'm just waiting for him to, like, raise hell. I saw Harold got squeezed a few times. Blau did. I'm like, man, robo-umps, please. I'm, yeah. I'm all for the robo-umps now. Well, you can squeeze the pitcher, but you can't squeeze the batter. 
That's the, they're just expanding the strike zone. So everything's zone. a freaking strike. Expanding it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, especially when Yandy does, knows not, he knows the strike zone. He's got it pretty well down. Yeah. And when we got our little box, and you're like six, eight inches out the box, like consistently. Yeah. I, I honestly, the umps have never been this bad. I think now they probably just said, you know what, F it. You want robo umps? Fine. You guys call it. We'll just sit back here and collect our money. I think they're trying to screw it up. That's my guess now because they always act that way. Remember when replay came in, they tried to make it as bad as they could possibly make it because they didn't like it, right? Because it was going to show them up and show how wrong they are all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then they had to get in line or get get fired from their cushion job. By the way, I did like Cash's response to that on Friday. I don't know if you saw his quote. But he was what like, he was like, what was the conversation like with the umpire there when he got tossed? And he was like, he told me that half of the umpiring crew uh, thought that it wasn't a big deal or whatever. And I, I told him, I said, I don't give a shit what half the umpiring crew thought. <laughs> exactly. Like, what, what are we doing? We taking the votes now? I mean, <laughs> that's was, exactly how they way, did it. How, I mean, are, are half of them Yankee fans? I don't know. How could you not think? I mean, it's have a know the room, read the room a little bit, read the room. <laughs> Like there's there's a promotion going on. People are going bananas. It's you know it's it's the Yankees. They get butt hurt about anything. I mean, how could you not know they were going to throw at Randy Rosarena? I mean, Aaron Boone could have put up a placard, you know, like they call the plays on the sideline for hit him, hit him. We I mean we didn't need to see that. We knew what was going on, and you don't and you don't warn. Yeah, and, and by the way, where he hit him, by the way, it's not like he hit him in it's not like he hit him in the butt or anything or in the thigh. He hit him right there in the rib with yeah. ninety five. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a, there's definitely intent on that pitch. You can't. Both me. of them were. I don't care if the other one was spinning; it was tight. And I, 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 it's it's obvious. It's obvious what was going on. Come on, it's crazy. Um, all right, before let's get some of these uh, comments in here because um, I want to get a real feel for what, what the fans think about what they saw this weekend because it was. That was magical to watch that. That's the way baseball should be, folks. You know, with with packed houses, people having fun, Randy Land, home run. I was actually watching in a uh, in a bar in Orlando, where um, what? And, and I said I was like telling a couple people at the bar, like, hey, you know, if Randy hits a home run in this game, I mean, I know it's far fetched, but everybody gets free surveys. I'm like, oh, that's everything. Oh, that's so cool. And then he hit the home run. And he was like, no freaking way. I mean, that place was going bonkers. I'm like that. I said, I cannot. This is such a magical year. And then they walk it off on Sunday, coming back from six runs down. I mean, we kind of even lost that part of that. I mean, that's against Garrett Cole, yeah. who was, what, 29-0 and 0 as a Yankee with, with the lead. And then it's like, it's like 97-0 and 0 in his yeah, career here, with the a six-run lead. Yeah, five, when he gets five-plus runs of support, and Ryan Bass tweeted this after the Yankees went up six to nothing. He was seventy nine and zero in his career. Yeah. Well, he's seventy nine and one now. He's <laughs> seventy nine. That's what these Rays do. They break records. They end your records. And like you said, this is so special right now. And it's like now we have like such a large sample, or not a large sample size, but a good amount. Thirty five games to go off it's of. Enough. By yeah. the way, have we started playing the real teams yet? Yeah. I just don't know. I just don't know because I was talking about this whole thing with the schedule of May and everything. What are the Rays right now? Five and one in the month of May against yeah. the against the real teams, right? So can we put we can put all these these narratives to bed? This is the best team in Major League Baseball, and right now it's not close. It's not close at the no. moment. No, and it's not just the num. It's not just like they're winning one run games. Although every game this weekend was a one run game, 
their, their differential is historic. It's historic. Um, you know, the ranking number one in pitching and hitting for most of the year, it's historic. Number one in home runs, it's historic. Everything they've done is historic. And unless the entire team gets hurt, I mean, they have a great opportunity to continue to set records. It's, yeah. If you look at every team that started this hot, five, four have won the World Series, five have won their league championship. It's just, it's, you know, this is, this is a, in baseball, this is a huge sample size. It's big enough to know that this is not luck. This is not um, the luck of the schedule. It's not any of that stuff. And by the way, they played plenty. Now that we look at all the teams' records right now, they played plenty of good teams. Teams that are over five hundred. So I, I yeah. yeah. And look I at and look at by the way too. The Rays have their fair share of injuries right now. Maybe their injury right. list is not as long as the Yankees. But again, given what happened last year, I got no sympathy. Look at the difference in the two teams when you have injuries to their lineup. The Yankees have scored the least amount of runs in MLB. Maybe that's changed after scoring six runs yesterday or seven runs yesterday. But I believe they had the least amount of runs scored in the 10 games that Aaron Judge has gone down in MLB. So you take one guy out of their lineup, and they're rendered completely nothing, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter who the Rays have in their lineup. They change it every single day, and they continue to put runs up. Like, roster construction-wise, the Yankees got to play uh, Jake Bowers. I didn't even know he was a Yankee until this weekend. Jake Bowers, who had a rough time in the outfield, by the way, all week, my goodness. Yeah. Aaron Hicks has to play every day. Uh, Willie Calhoun hitting in the fifth hole. Who are you? Like roster construction wise, like the Rays have just have so much depth right now that it doesn't yeah. matter who they put in. Like I know they're going to get contributions from everybody. So again, we this front office that we were kind of like, what's going on in the in the off season, right? Right. They, they, they clearly they were onto something. Yeah, just leave it and, alone. And to and the, guys will go from and, hitting one ninety to three twenty seven. Happens to, all the time. Yeah, and to the, <laughs> to the point that Jeremy Lowe made right here, he said, you know, the guys who were big yesterday were Jose Siri and Christian Bethencourt, and those were the two guys they got last year at the deadline that were two very underrated moves. And yes. I don't know if the Rays are where they are without those dudes. They certainly don't win yesterday without them. That's that's for sure. Let's throw up some of the um, some of the other uh, uh, comments here. Um, RJ, uh, Jeremy, as you say, game underrated moves with Siri and, and Bethencourt. They were, um, you know, and they were good last year, too. Remember, they came right in, yeah. uh, and, and they were really good. This from uh, Lonnie Wilkins, Yankees must know uh, that Randy would kick their asses in drop parking lot afterwards. <laughs> yeah, if you think you think he does it to his teammate, you don't think he's going to do it to, to you guys? I would be. I would go easy on that if I were you. I guess that's why everybody was astonished. Wasn't it funny how – Part of the narrative after the game was, isn't it great that Randy kept his cool? <laughs> did you hear that? I, I, like, did, yeah. questions, I like, did, yeah. Uh, oh, his complaint was so good. Yeah, I mean. Well, I, wanted, I wanted to know where that bat was like, going. No, it's Randy. I wanted to know where that bat was going to end up if that, uh, if that ump didn't step in. Um, and, well, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, yeah. I Maybe know. I wanted to know where that bat was Maybe. going because it looked but... like he was going to stick it into the ground. But I'm not so sure before that up got in there. So maybe I think he was going to lose that composure just a little bit there, which I wouldn't have blamed him by the way for that. I would no. not have. Hell no, hell no. It was clear. It's clear as day they did it the first time, and then allow him to do it the second time is just ridiculous. That should have been an automatic ejection. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's uh, relive some of the great highlights from yesterday. The Rays are down six to nothing, like right out of the gate, and then. They come and Cole is just mowing them down like he did. 
And Siri said, listen, we, we watched that he was using the same pitching sequence as he did the first time around. So he's like, all right, well, I, I should be expecting a, a fastball uh, coming at me this first time. So here's what he did with it. Siri shoots this one high and deep to straightaway center. Bader's going to go to the wall, and that baby is gone. Home run number three for Jose Siri. That's from Bally Sports, son. And I think Dwayne, uh, I don't think he thought that one was going out. I think, I think he was a little surprised that that one carried out. And, of course, that, that got the, uh, the whole conga line going. And Bethancourt comes up with two outs, I believe, and a couple on, and they're down three. And this was an app. This was, you know, it was interesting because Cole's stuff was so good early on, and this was just a flat. And clearly he was looking curveball. And he left it out over the middle of the plate, and Bethencourt did not miss it. Well, I did not hear that for some reason, uh, Nick, but I hope everybody can else you, did. Can, can you we, hear me right now? I got you. I got you. I did yeah, not hear that. I'm, though. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm a bit frozen right now, so I'm trying to figure myself out. So okay, well, we'll just talk about Bethencourt and what a great addition he's been. I think that's what five home runs for him now. I think the Rays have nine players with five or more home runs, which leads to. Can of field, and uh, we'll get his take on what's uh, what was going on this weekend at the trap. A quick break, we'll be back and we'll talk some more Rays. We got some Buck stuff coming up as well. We'll talk some Lightning and hockey and NBA. Lots to get to here on this Monday. Stay with us. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area 
modern medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Got a little return there, partner. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. Jeeves Law Group, J E E V E S Law Group.com, and uh, also Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo cannot join us today, by the way, but we will get him back on next week and uh, continue our our journey to health with Bay Area Modern Medical Center. If you're looking to reevaluate your entire health uh, profile, it's a great place to go. It's Bay Area Modern Medical Center for a reason, because they do things in a modern way, not the old traditional way. Uh, They spend a lot of time with you as a patient. They don't just look to to, uh, fix symptoms by prescribing a pill. They go after the root cause of your issue and fix that. And that's uh, kind of the new wave in modern medicine. And that's what they do at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. So if you're looking for a new approach in your healthcare, um, you, you hear Chris Lugo each and every week on 
go to the website, BAMMC.com, get an appointment, and uh, it'll change your life. It's not many things you can do on a daily basis that, quote, change your life, but that's something you can do because your health is the most important thing you have. And if you ain't got that, you ain't got spit. So Bay Area Modern Medical Center, highly recommend Chris Lugo to get you back to health, get you optimal weight, uh, feeling better, thinking better, all that stuff. It's important. You guys don't take enough care of yourself. We know that. So do something for yourself and make that appointment. Um, all right, I want to get back to some of the Rays stuff. Again, a big 8-7 win yesterday over the Yankees. Uh, incredible crowds all weekend long. And as I said in my monologue, the best is yet to come with this team. You know, Tyler Glass now has not thrown a pitch this year, and he is – I don't want to say our best pitcher because I think it's it's tough to even though McClanahan what was that list you tweeted out the other day McClanahan was the ninth best starting oh pitcher goodness, according to some man. Who, who was these who, ML, these MLB.com lists need to just be done with away with forever forever there have not been eight pitchers this this season that have been better than Shane McClanahan I can promise you that and the guy that was right in front of him was Kevin Gaussman from Toronto. And the day before, he gave up eight runs and ten hits. I'm like, I don't see Shane McClanahan. Has Shane McClanahan even given up eight runs this year? No. I don't think so. No. no. So <laughs> these lists no. just need to be done away with completely. Completely. God, I, you know, I, I hate to be that market, right, you know, that, that we're always crying because we don't get the national attention that we deserve. But it's, it's, it's shit like that that just makes you shake your head. And we got something else to talk about today. We'll get into after we do the oh, Rays, yeah. and that's the Buccaneers. Peter King taking a dump on the Bucks, a big dump I on mean, the Bucks. a deuce on the Bucks. So we'll 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 talk about that. Which, by the way, I personally love. Keep doing it, national That's media. Fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. Um, hey, by the by got, the way, uh, speaking of uh, Glasnow, did you see that we uh, he had his his triple A start over the weekend, and it looked like what he had four strikeouts and. In about an inning, in a in a in a third or something like that. Two, two and a third, uh, four strikeouts, couple of hits, uh, I think two walks as well. So yeah, you know, good performance, healthy performance. That's the most important thing. Came out of it with no pain. So hopefully, I think the, you know the Rays are always probably cautious. So they're probably going to go two more starts at AAA and then and then bring him up. So um, we'll see because it it you know starting pitching is starting to be a bit of a problem. That's definitely, but the Rays keep overcoming it. I get it. I get it. It was a problem yesterday, but you know, well, I mean, they ended up winning. It. I mean, yes. I mean, Fleming though has been really rock solid since that first outing. In all fairness to him, he's been really rock solid. And yesterday yeah. was his kind of day just to eat innings. I think even when they were down yeah. six nothing, now yeah. they still ended up having to use more of the bullpen than I think they wanted to. But yeah. the good thing about that is, is look who's on the mound tonight. It's Shane McClanahan. So you're hoping that you can get a nice six, maybe seven out mm-hmm. of him, out of him if it's going well. Hopefully to save that bullpen a little bit because I definitely think they got used a little bit more this weekend than they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so like Clevenger's injured now. That was they, a weird, yeah, weird play in that game. Let's wish why you never want pitchers involved in a rundown. They're not athletic enough, Doug Wechter. Well, the the rundown went. <laughs> the rundown just went entirely too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had to he had to he had to rotate in at that point. Which again, this didn't make any sense to me, and I guess this kind of goes back to the whole umpire thing. So Clevenger actually tagged him in the middle of that whole thing. Whenever he went awkwardly down on his knee, he tagged him there, and the ump didn't call it, allowing Torres to just go swipe third. 
Right. And I'm like, I'm so confused there because Bethancourt had the wherewithal to pick the ball up and, you know, get to Paredes there who was smartly covering home and got yeah. hicks out just by like a, by a hair, right? But right. I'm just like, why is Torres on third base now? Yeah. I didn't understand that. And I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those moments that comes back to bite the Rays. Here it goes. It's going to happen. And, yeah. and give credit to Jalen Beeks for getting a big strikeout there. Huge strikeout. And they it, have to come in in that situation to get that strikeout. That was monstrous. Monstrous. Especially, well, he was down, what, 2 0 in a count, too. Yeah, and it was against Rizzo, who was having a really good game and a really good series. And by the way, he, he got squeezed there on a strike three call up in the I zone, kind of. It was I right there on there. And I'm like, based on the other calls that I've seen in this game, that's a strike. Yeah. Yeah, but, no he comes, but he comes back and gets him, so that was good to see from the Rays. And, uh, and the other thing, too, about Garrett Cole, and Brian Anderson was doing such a great job, I think, of breaking it down. Garrett Cole allowed 33 home runs last year, which yeah. is hard to wrap your head around, led the majors. And this year he entered the game giving up no home runs, and yep. it's because he's controlling his fastball now. He's got so much better command on the fastball where guys aren't hitting home runs. And the mistakes he made were the one to Siri. He made two mistakes in a row to Paredes, and he just pulled it foul both times. Both were going to be home runs, and he just pulled it foul. And then he has the slider, the hanging slider to Bethancourt, which I'm going to try to do a redo here because my computer had bugged out. Because okay, I wanted, I wanted a, to let's give it a shot. We'll give it a shot here because I wanted to hear the call there from it. The tying run. He swings and it's one back into center. Bader's going to go to the track. That baby. Yeah, that was huge in the uh, grand scheme of things. And then, um, you know, the seventh run was all Jose Siri. Uh, We have that one as well. A little chopper in the infield, and Siri somehow – and just the – he is so fast. His stop and go there at third, by the time they realized he was running, it was like too late. He's just so freaking fast. Let's hear that. There goes Siri, and a little tap off the mound. The throw to first, and Siri's going to score! Siri scores! He was breaking to third, and on that little tap, when Cordero turned to make the throw to first, you knew Siri was going to beeline it to the plate, and then the collision with Will Little. And here's the thing. You can do that if the pitcher... You know, maybe Cordero didn't know that he was running, but you got you got to give him a look. He goes, and he's just worried about fielding the ball and throwing. Yeah, you steal a run like that. What a huge run it turns out to be. Um, and and this is why, and this is demoralizing for the other team. I think even when they play it right, and there's you know there's not hard contact on the play, you still a run still scores. I mean, that's got to be. That's got to be demoralizing for the Yankees to be getting beat, you know, when you're up six nothing, and then to get beat with plays like this. It, it you know, you could look over there at the Rays. The bullpen is depleted. Um, they don't have the starters they normally have. And I know the Yankees are hurt too. I get it, uh, but it's just still they've got to be demoralized. Oh, but, the, be but again, this is what we've come to see from the Rays, and especially Jose Siri. This this guy is electric, man. He is absolutely electric. Uh, again, Kevin Kiermaier, who? Who? Uh, don't know him. Don't know him. Yep. Because Jose Siri makes me forget about him. I mean, the power that he provides it from a time to time, the defense is there, and the speed on the base paths. I mean, I don't know how many guys in the league can do that. 
it's almost great that Yandy hit the ball and didn't take that pitch. It's like he almost saw Siri breaking, and it's like he decided last second, this is definitely a ball, but I'm going to swing anyway because I know I'm just going to chop it to first, and it's right. going to create confusion. And, I mean, again, I think that was a heads-up play by Yandy, actually, to get the ball, to get the, uh, the bat on the ball there. That's a great point. To give it That's an opportunity because he knew that there was no way they were going to get Jose Siri. But I see plays like that, and I'm just reminded of, you know, this is what the Yankees lack. This is what the Yankees lack. They don't have anybody that can really do think something like that, like just make something happen on the base path. The only player that they have that can do that, and he was a menace the entire series, was Harrison Bader. Uh, the Yankees, I think they need more guys like that, honestly. Yeah. That dude, yeah. every time he came up to the plate, I'm like, I, why am I so scared of Harrison Bader right now? But I was. I feel like yeah. he did everything for that team in this series. So, But that's their problems. Their, their poorly constructed roster is going to have to deal with that. Uh, but I have to ask you this, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, or if we've talked about it. Just the intensity that's in these Rays-Yankee games now. Is this rivalry... I don't know if I'm going to say it's bigger necessarily, but is it definitely more hot right now than Red Sox Yankees? I'd have to get I'd have to ask honestly Yankee fans how they feel about that, but doesn't it feel like this rivalry has more steam to it right now than Red Sox Yankees? Yeah, cuz Red Sox just haven't been very good. They just haven't been very good. So I would say yes. I mean, you got to ask Yankee fan. I think obviously it run, that that hate runs deep, but when's the last time they had a big series against the Red Sox? That's what I'm saying. Like, even yeah. when the Red Sox have been good in recent years, they haven't really run into the Yankees as much. In big, I mean, they did have the wild card game, what, in 2021, right? Where the Red yeah. Sox got them there. Yeah. Uh, but, beside, but that was only a one-game thing. It wasn't really yeah. like a, a full-on series. Because like, I, I watched like their whole doc, I watched a documentary this weekend about the whole Red Sox-Yankee rivalry before I like, came to this take. And I was like, yeah, 20 years ago, that would have been a stupid take when the rivalry yeah. was really oh, hot. Right. But I'm like, right now... It just feels like these two teams really hate each other right now. Oh, there's real hate. There's real hate. And that's as it should be, you know, as it should be. And, you know, throw in the whole thing of the Yankees, you know, spring training in Tampa and the fact that there's too many Yankee fans that live here, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and that's why it's, you know, that's why the, the, the trop is so cool in series like this. And, you know, going back to the playoffs, how awesome, you know, how awesome would it be to get the Yankees in another playoff series here? Oh. That would be insane. So much fun. So I look forward to it. Let's uh, let's hear the Paredes walk-off one more time. Why not? Courtesy of Bally Sports Sun, all our sound here today. And what a, what a job he did going the other way. Fantastic job. We are in the 10th. Uh, just so much fun to watch, and I'd like to say thirty-two thousand were sent home happy, but it's probably about maybe twenty thousand. Yeah, maybe eighteen thousand. Yep, the upper, that's fine. Yeah, the uh, the upper deck thing did work uh, at least on Sunday. It was a little sparse on Saturday, the upper deck, but yesterday it looked like it was at least like halfway up in every section across the upper deck. So 
Uh, it did seem to work, which was interesting because I think yesterday was the most expensive ticket for the upper decks, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I, the bottom line is on the weekends now they've got to keep the upper decks open. But they just, just wait, but but probably not. And, and I know they did it because it's the Yankees and whatever, and I understand that. But if they're playing like you know the Royals on the weekend, like I would just make the upper deck ten fifteen dollars. Yeah, and offer yeah. it that way. Well, Stu doesn't like that because then people buy the cheap tickets and move down into the better seats and. He loses money, so we can't have that. We can't have that. You rogue people. It's a business. And you know, journey. and you know who you are. You know who you are, Nick Gettis. I would me. never do anything like that. I would never. <laughs> oh yeah. Never in my life have I ever done that. Hey, where was your assigned ticket on opening day? Uh, I was in like one sixteen or something, like right, you know, right behind first base dugout. You know, it's nice, about twenty five rows. And that was your assigned thanks, ticket. Thanks to American Mortgage <laughs> Services for for my. Opening day. See, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's how. Thank you, Clayton. Appreciate that's how you roll. You still have paid zero dollars for games this year. I and I will not pay a dollar for a game. I will not. I will not put one dollar. Whereas I'm going out Ooh. of my. I'm going out of my way Ooh. to go to these games. Somebody wants to pay for my ticket, and I'll pay them. But I put. <laughs> I'm going out of. I'm going out of my way. No you, direct deposit. Do you, do you know how long it took me to get to the stadium on Saturday? By the way. Yeah, and and somebody put that in our comments. I think it was uh, Lonnie. That and it's absolutely true. And and this is the you know we didn't want to dump on the Rays at all portion of the show, but when is this is just the truth. When it's over twenty five thousand drop can of field, everything breaks down. Well, no, there's, no, will, there's not enough parking, not enough concessions. Lines are long. Well, no, I actually I actually had the opposite experience. Truthfully, how long did it take you to get there? Now it took me a while to get there. It took about an hour and a half to get there from Lithia. A little bit, but it wasn't like I ran into like crazy traffic. It's just that's just, that's just what it is on a Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. But getting out of there, like I got in my car and like I was in the main parking lot and I was expecting just to be sitting there for a while. Right. I got right in line right away, no issue, and wow. I got in and out of the parking lot in like probably five minutes. Were they? Were they? Did they staff the parking lot this time? Yeah, it was really it was staffed, oh. and they had police ex- like doing it and everything. Um, there you go. So I That's got out of there first. really quickly. I got on the interstate within ten minutes. There was a little backup on the interstate. The crowd going to Tampa, but once it got going a little bit, I was fine. I got home in about an hour. Yeah. And by the way, there was another article over the weekend about the secrecy of this um, negotiations that's going on with St. Pete. There was a leak from one. Of, oh, somebody leaked out information on a billion dollar deal spent government spending. Shocking development. Um, and glad somebody did because it seems like the mayor and all the city council and the Rays want to keep everything hush hush while they work out this plan. And then they say they're going to present it to um, the public for public comment. They're not public's not going to vote on it, but they there'll be public comment for this for the St. Pete Council. I'll be interested to see how that public comment goes. I, 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 I would I would bet as it looks like now a one point two billion dollar stadium. The Rays say they're going to pay half for the stadium, so six hundred million, which they could have done in Ebor and paid three hundred fifty million for well no four hundred fifty million and already had that stadium built in a better location and they'd be done. But now suddenly they're going to pay six hundred million. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, and we'll you know and we'll see what the deal is and if it's if it's work for St. Pete. But that's for another day. We'll talk about that another day. Let's listen to Kevin Cash post game yesterday after the big come from behind eight seven win over the Stankies. 
in this game, but we'll start with the very end there. Just Isak got just enough of that fastball. How impressive was that piece of hitting there from him? Pretty impressive. You know, we probably had the right two guys up with their bat-to-ball skills. Harold flies out to, to center. We don't move the run, but Isak, you know, he's dead pull hitter, but when he needs to go the other way or show the ability to, that was a big, big hit, and uh, we're high jumping around high-fiving. A bit of an inning before that. A lot of things happened, but just Beeks coming in there and getting that crucial strikeout. That was huge. Uh, so unfortunate for Clev. Don't have really an update other than that he'll get checked out by some doctors, I'm sure, tomorrow. Likely IL. Um, he was doing a nice job, kind of a quirky play. I'm sure his knee grabbed. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's the right one. Uh, and then Beeks, you know, those are tough moments to get into when you, you're not expecting to be in the game in that moment, and you got to go face, uh, you know, their best hitter in Anthony Rizzo. Fell behind three-one, but came back and made big pitches. And then just that sixth inning, the guy's ability to chip away at a six-run deficit. The Bethancourt home run, the Siri going all the way home from second, what stood out? Yeah, I mean, well, Siri getting on the board with a home run, that was big. That kind of, I think, relaxed us a little bit. We knew our, we had our hands full facing Garrett. Um, he's really good, and we stayed at it. I really credit the guys for not getting overly frustrated early on. Stayed at it, had big at-bats. When there was a ball left in the zone, it seemed like we were able to capitalize. Siri's base running, there's just not many people that have that awareness and certainly the speed that he does and then Betancourt, uh, the three-run homer was awesome. Big picture is winning a game like this down six against Cole and come back and win this game. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know how you quantify, magnify, whatever it is, games in, in, in May, but this was a big one. And I know this, our, our, our clubhouse is pretty excited and they should be. Kevin, I know you could care less how to run score as long as they cross the plate, but there are 20 games this season. You've hit at least two homers. That's remarkable at this point in time of the season. It is. Um, we've been talking about the long ball a lot, and you know, I don't know if anybody expected us to hit homers at this rate. We felt we had guys that were equipped, but it does feel like they're kind of feeding off each other, and whatever power we got, everybody's putting it to use and, and coming up with big hits. Cole had a lot of success against you guys last year, and you've talked about this before, but just the different approach the guys have at the plate this year. Yeah. Making a difference against a pitcher like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, look, a couple years ago, we had some really good games against him. Last year, it felt like, yeah, every time he took the ball, it was a really quiet night offensively. There is a difference. Um, you know, generally speaking, he was on pace to kind of wear us down and then we go quiet uh, but I think the momentum that we've created this first month has certainly helped and uh, young guys having confidence that, that you know there's some veteran guys around that know they can do it and we piece it together against you know the, the best pitcher in baseball right now you know your run game isn't hurting you either What's that? Your run game is not hurting you either. Um, you stolen bases and yeah, stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we assume that with good team speed, we're going to be able to take advantage of some extra 90 feet here and there. It has felt like it's played to our favor here. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Kevin Cash talk, hit, hitting some of the high points on that uh, on this win and this Yankee series win. And he's just got to be, uh, you know, so pleased about the way this team has responded uh, and, you know, and it's, it's again, extremely unique to have a team that was so bad offensively last year. You had really no additions whatsoever, and they're the best hitting team in baseball this year. It just, you know, it just seems like the Rays figure it out. However, and, and it's, I think it's a lot because of the rules changes that maybe they changed course a little bit on some of the things that they were thinking 
You know, instead of going out and spending a lot of money on a big bopper who might get you 40 but still strike out 200 times, maybe we just want more guys with speed and contact since there's no shift anymore. Batting averages are going to go up, more action in the field, more range for your outfielders are going to need that, more range from your infielders, the teams with better range, the faster teams are going to – uh, more contact teams are going to be better in this new rules environment. And I think they nailed it. I think they nailed it. They looked at, you know, because when you think of all those things I just mentioned, right, that's a dramatic shift in the way the game is played. Bigger bases as well. The pitch clock, I think, makes hitters more aggressive and pitchers more aggressive. All of these things, uh, I think they analyzed it and said, well, where's the league going? Well, it's going towards more contact, more athleticism, um, and more it, it, more action. So what do you need? You need athletic, fast players. It's kind of like going back to old school baseball and where power hitting was important, but it wasn't everything, right? It wasn't just, you know, walks, strikeouts, and home runs. Now we these rules have done what they're supposed to do. They've brought more action to the game. They've sped up the game. And this is these are games that I watched growing up. These are games from the 70s and 80s where, you know, this this is fast-paced. This is more hitting. This is, you know, it's, and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch, and the Rays have taken full advantage of it, and as we knew they would. Yeah, it, it's, it's an enjoyable brand of baseball is probably the best way to put it. And if, if Major League Baseball, you know, we've seen the articles written in the last few years from pretty prominent writers about, you know, the Rays are bad for baseball because of the way they operate and the way that they play. So I like to think, I don't really care about this, but just for the national people that were so pressed about it, it has to be a great thing overall that the Rays, operating like they do, are playing the most enjoyable brand of baseball out there right now. And it's not close. I mean, continually today, they're, they're number one in every hitting category. Literally every hitting category outside, I think, of stolen bases and, like, doubles. They're number one in MLB in. Like, they're lapping the entire field right now. Number one in ERA by a wide margin as well. Uh, with the injury. So, uh, like I said, enjoyable brand of baseball. I'm enjoying it. it. It's like it's so cool to go into the summer. We just have the Rays, but it's like I want to watch them every single night because I never know what's going to happen night. with this team. Uh, RJ Martin says, for sure, thinking back the last few years, the Yankees are always throwing at us, not because we're losing to them, but because we're beating them constantly. Yeah, they get butthurt. That's the weird, That's the worst part about it is like, you know what? Be men about it at least. If you're going to hit us, hit us for something that we did – Really wrong, you know. Um, but you, you guys just get butt hurt over the worst stuff. It's such a Yankee thing, too, isn't it? It is. Uh, I like this from Richie P. I went to see Steve Trevino, comedian Friday, brought up the Yankees in his act, and the crowd started booing. It was funny because he brought up Jose Trevino on stage right after that. <laughs> All you New York buddies, right? Get the hell out of here. It's not Yankees country. Get that, get it. Go back to New York, will you? Um, uh, Tom Casper says the Rays contingent is 100% uh, contingent on naming rights per Of course, because naming rights can bring you, you know, I mean, look at the, the Braves got, what, $200 million in naming rights for their new stadium. Uh, I think it was almost 20, 15 to $20 million a year. I mean, that's almost your whole contribution to the stadium, of course. He's going <laughs> to, like, I mean, if you don't think he's going to absolutely <laughs> pillage the city of St. Pete in this deal, you're you're nuts. It's going to be the worst deal for taxpayers. You're going to, and that's just going to be in the initial reporting. Wait till you dive into the details. He's the only reason they would ever build a stadium in St. Petersburg is if they could just ravage them and get so much public money and then sell the team and just walk away laughing. 
and we're left with a poorly located stadium. And <laughs> I, I will say though, I, will I see say, it happening. I see it coming. I will say and, through through the twenty-ish home games or whatever they've played this year, what what this has taught us with these crowds and these environments, and I know like the team being as good as they are has to do with it. But and you can stop me if you disagree. It seems like when you try and you make an effort to get people into the ballpark with cheaper tickets for yes. majority of the year and the marketing yes. and, and creating a fun environment and Randy land and all these other things, I feel like it, like I'm still always going to feel like Tampa's the better option, but at least just trying to look at it from that perspective. And I'm sure they're doing it as well. Like it can work in St. Pete to a good extent, right? When you do the necessary things. I mean, because they've gotten themselves up to, I think, around 20-ish right now in total attendance so far, or average attendance. And they're, I think they're hovering around 18 or 19, which is, you know, I think that's a respectable number, to be honest. That for, you would like for, for having a stadium where it's located. It's just, I, think it, I think it's a, a great achievement. And hopefully in the summer when they're the only show in town and everybody's off work, especially with the schools and the kids and all that, and they're the only show in town and all that, and they're playing this way, hopefully it carries on. And I, I would love nothing more for them to have like record attendance numbers this year from what they've sure, had the last few absolutely, years. Absolutely. So I, I think don't any, make the mistake of thinking it's long. It's, it's maybe it's not, but, it, but at least it's, it's showing that you can get by with it at least. Listen, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole right now. Cause we, I want to get a little bit to um, some sure. football stuff. So, and we got Steve Carney coming up at 11. So let's, I want to dive into this just a little bit here uh, before we have to break. So Peter King put out his, um, I'm going on vacation for two months. Here's my last thoughts on everything in the, it takes you about three hours to read the whole thing. But um, he ranked all the teams and he put the, the Bucks in under construction, Carolina at 25, Indianapolis at 26. These are all the under construction teams. Washington at 27, the Rams at 28, Chicago at 29, Houston at 30, and Tampa Bay at 31. 31. 31, only one team worse than Tampa Bay. And as um, as Luke Easterling put out there, I'm going to want to get this uh, exactly because he's absolutely right, is he says, it's just wild to me that a team with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Levante David, Vita Vea, Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen, Shaq Barrett, Anton Winfield Jr., Devin White, Carlton Davis III, and Jamel Dean is the second worst football team in the NFL. No, they're not. They're not. And this is this is Tom Brady hangover. This is Tom. And I, I and shame on you, Peter King. Shame on you. You should know better than this. This is this is going to be the take of every national person who doesn't know squat about football, and it just looks. Oh, Tom Brady's gone. Oh, they're going to be terrible now. I mean, without Tom Brady, he was their whole team. Tom Brady held this team back last year. He held them back last year. I said it during the season, and everybody will agree with it now. And wait till you see a, a real offense where people are moving around. I, you know what? I shouldn't say that because it's Dave Canales. Okay, we have no idea. He could be as bad as Byron Leftwich. We don't know. But any any competent offensive coordinator with the talent on this offense has got to get more than 18 points a game, which is what Brady gave us last year. Anybody. I mean, good God. So, and I'm here to say it's going to be much better than it was last year. I, so, what I, I ain't saying they're winning the Super Bowl, but they're not the second worst team in football. What I don't understand, and Peter King is very uh, respectable uh, in this business, obviously, but there's no explanation here. If you go through this actual column, there's like a paragraph or so for every team and why they're ranked where they are. 
the the Bucks have the the least amount of words written for them, and all it says is, "Well, the Super Bowl was still worth it." So what is that? Seven words, eight words? That's all. They, that's the only explanation I get is the Super Bowl was worth it. And what's funny is the team that's ranked thirty, which is Houston. The excerpt there is, I don't think a team with the presence and ethos-changing ability of D'Amico Ryans and the playmaking ability of C.J. Stroud can be the worst team in the league. So I get a first-time head coach and a rookie quarterback, and that's what makes that team not the 31st or the 32nd team in the league. But I can't get an explanation for why the Bucks are 31, given what Luke Easterling said with all the players and the talent that is still on this roster. Like, I, I just, I don't get the explan. I don't have any explanation here, but he's not alone in this thinking. We've done the whole thing with the odds, and the Bucks have, like, the second worst odds or the third worst odds, right, around the yeah. league. Like, go look at Houston and go look at Arizona and go look at Chicago and the Rams. There's, the, the Bucks are better than these teams on paper. On paper. <laughs> that's, and that's-, ele- that's 11 Pro Bowlers and Super Bowl champions. Every one of those guys won the Super Bowl and has been to a Pro Bowl. Yeah, and, are, and, 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 and 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 all of them, I would say, only Levante David is past his prime. Mike Evans, okay, still a hell of a football player, a hell of a football player. Of it, yeah, yeah, but everyone else is in their prime. Maybe Shaq, maybe Shaq, Jensen. Yeah, I mean, th- th- those guys are not past their prime. They're they're still Pro Bowl football players. Maybe maybe not Levante, but you know. Still, pretty damn good football I mean, player when he's healthy. Listen, damn good football. Listen, player. I mean, it's but again, the Bucks were non-existent. I felt like in the National Eye for fifteen, twenty years before Brady got here. So it only makes sense that it goes right back to the way it was now that he's gone. Yeah. But that's exactly what this column just reminds me of. It's like, oh well, Brady's gone. He equated to half of their wins last year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, boohoo, bye. Like you know, you're the thirty-first team in the league. Like it's like completely ignoring everything else with the roster right now. Like, do I know that C.J. Stroud's better than Baker Mayfield? Do I know the answer to that question? Do I know that Bryce Young's better than Baker Mayfield? Do I have, like, yeah. I don't have the answer to those questions. I mean, the, the Titans on this list are, like, number 19. Like, really? <laughs> what makes them so much better than the Bucks? That many spots yeah. better than the Bucks? I don't know. I mean, they're just rankings at the end of the day. Uh, but I think it's, I think it is funny, though, the, the lack of, I don't want to say respect necessarily, but just, a lack of understanding, maybe, I guess, is the way to phrase it, of where the Bucks are right well, now. Yeah, I, and I agree. And Richie P says, uh, you know, Booger, I, I, Booger thinks that the Bucks are setting up for a tanking situation to get the USCQB. I totally respect Richie's, uh, I mean, Booger's take on everything, and he's more plugged in than I am. But I just don't see that. I just don't see that. I, with the moves that they've made, um, I, the only one that I could say would fit in that category is giving Todd Bowles another year. I mean, to me, they've done everything to improve their ball club that they could possibly do. And I think yeah. they've done a great job doing it. Uh, they held on to players I didn't think they could hold on to. And Jamel Dean and, and Levante bringing those guys back. I was shocked they were able to bring back the guys that they were. Yeah, I, and I add the players that they were. I don't know if this is a hot take did. or not. I think the roster right now. The overall roster going into this season looks better than the roster last season. Is that fair to say? That this year's roster looks better than the one that went into last season when we were talking Super Bowl? Take quarterback out of the equation right now, but everything else. Seriously. The receiving room is the exact same. It's almost going to be better because of Chris Godwin. 
The tight end should be better because they're a year older. The O-line has nowhere to go but up, right? Uh, you kept your corners. You kept Levante David. Ryan Neal, I think, is an upgrade over Logan Ryan or Keanu Neal. That's back there. I think Greg Gaines, is an, is, if he stays healthy, is an upgrade over Akeem Hicks. And some of the other additions they made. I think the rot, like who's the big pieces they lost this offseason save Tom Brady? What did they lose? A bunch of dead wood? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could. So I guess I just don't see this. I don't see this roster drop off that everybody's seeing. We're going to get into this a little bit more because we got Steve Cardi coming up. We're going to talk some more Rays baseball. But after we're done with Steve, we're going to get back to this football chatter because I just think this. This is a this is just a, a bad take by Peter King, and I think it's people aren't looking at this the way they should. I think you have a great you just had a great analysis of it, you know, and that's a team that won the division last year. I mean, <laughs> yes. I know it's I know it's I know it's eight wins, I get it, but you know, they're not so you know that much worse than they were. I, they're better. They're better than they were last year. Come on, I I think anyway. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Steve Carney's going to join us. Ray's insider. For a long time covering the race. So we'll do that. Thanks to Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center for presenting our first hour. And we'll be back more with some more race talks, more Bucks talk. We'll get into the NBA and hockey. Poor, poor Toronto. Oh my God, it feels so bad. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813 813- 294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595, or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. 
don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, uh, brought to you by the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source. Mother's Day is coming up, so you know where to get that nice shiny ring, those earrings or necklace or whatever for your mom. It's the Golden Diamond Source. they got great sales going on right now and always uh, the leader in selection and service and the best and the best, not only clientele, but folks will uh, get your budget, whatever you want. They're not going to try to be high pressure. Their sales staff is absolutely the best in the world. They will get exactly what you need, the best value, and that's why they've been in business for so long. Great folks over there, Steve and Julie Weintraub. Give them a shot at the gold and diamond source. All right, uh, let's bring in our good friend Steve Connie, Rays Insider, longtime uh, member of the media covering the Rays. What's up, Steve-O? How are you, my friend? Hello, JP. It's good to be with you again today, and especially after what was just an absolutely wild weekend at Tropicana Field. I mean, I- did that did that feel more like what baseball should feel like here in Tampa Bay? 
Yes, yes, it did. I did not get to go to any of the games, but I was watching on TV with great intent, uh, wishing I was there, by the way. And the atmosphere looked tremendous. I've been to two games already this year, Steve, and it's it's been, you know, the pace of the game. I freaking love it. Um, when the trop is full, it's even with Yankee fans, um, it, it brings an energy that's unique in baseball. There's no question about that. I mean, it's still an outdated stadium. We still need a new one. We need all the amenities, all that stuff. But uh, for a little bit of nostalgia, maybe it's a hip place to go right now, but that was phenomenal. I mean, you've been covering this team as long as I have since their birth. What do you think? How does this weekend rate for as far as fan energy in a regular season series? Maybe the best ever. Yeah, it, it's definitely up there. I'm trying I'm trying to think off the top of my head. If I, I mean, there certainly has not been a weekend that has been that loud at Tropicana Field, at least since before the pandemic and even that even before the pandemic you know 2019 was loud but it was loud in the playoffs and then you look before that you know the team was pretty bad the first couple of years that Kevin Cash was mm-hmm. the manager so then you got to go back to the Joe Madden era and you know 2013 uh you know in the playoffs but really i i think you got to go back you got to go back a long ways to find a regular season game that sounded like yeah. the games that we saw right. this weekend. And just from a baseball standpoint, Steve, I mean, I, I, I we kind of just went on a, a diatribe about how the, you know, as we knew they would, the Rays have taken full advantage of the new rules. Uh, they've gone more athletic. They've gone more towards speed, range in the outfield, range in the infield to affect the shift. They're running more, putting pressure on the defense. You know, Siri has been phenomenal. So not only that, but the fact that all these players that they counted on to bounce back, which you don't see much patience in baseball anymore, have done just that. I mean, a team that was the worst offensively in baseball at the end of last year is somehow now the best, and it's the same guys. Uh, make it make sense for me here. Yeah, it, it really is about health. Uh, you mentioned it uh, yeah. there, that they they were putting their uh, eggs in the basket that Brandon Lau was going to return to be Brandon Lau. And, yes, I know he has gone – in a, a little bit of, of a cooler here over the last six or seven games. But uh, he started off uh, gangbusters. You look at it, the first 15 or 16 games of the season, he had an OPS over 1,200. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you were not expecting that for the entire season. But uh, I certainly feel that, you know, Brandon Lau has been Brandon Lau. Wander Franco has been Wander Franco. Randy Rosarena has been Randy Rosarena. And they've gotten the production uh, from guys like Isak Paredes, who had a, his breakout season last year. He does not seem to have regressed towards the mean either. So that's a that's a really nice thing to see. And, you know, just getting guys like Josh Lowe and Taylor Walls and Luke Rayleigh, who, you know, have struggled at the big league level, but finally seem to have reached that comfort level, saying, okay, we know we belong here, now let's perform uh, up to what we expect and, and I think Lowe has done that uh, especially Walls has uh, certainly been a, a very nice surprise uh, and it has allowed guys like Brandon Lau to not have to be able to have to shoulder all the offense that you're getting guys picking guys up when they're in a slump that's that's amazing to see and if you're doing that you're going to score a lot of runs. Yeah, and then yesterday we saw the two biggest pieces of that comeback were Jose Siri and Christian Bethencourt, which were two guys they kind of got in those 
under-the-radar deals, I guess I'll call them, last year during the season. Uh, and Jose Siri in particular, uh, I mean, we, we obviously saw Kevin Kiermaier for a decade and the excitement that he brought, but just Jose Siri, just speak to just the way he plays the game, I mean, the uniqueness to it. I just don't know how many guys can do what he did yesterday, going from second to first on a little chopper to the pitcher. Yeah, uh, yeah. Scoring from second base on a on a comeback to the mound is not something you see all the time. <laughs> uh, and you know, while while we talk about Kevin Kiermeyer and, and the speed, and I asked Kevin Cash about this earlier this year uh, about uh, about Jose Siri and the speed aspect and trying to compare it to Kevin Kiermeyer, and uh, Cash's response to me was not only Jose Siri is faster than Kevin Kiermeyer, he may be one of the three or four fastest guys in the league. Uh, right now, but he's also probably the most aggressive base runner that the Rays have had since Carl Crawford. Uh, I, I really do think that you know he's always looking to take the extra base. You've seen how aggressive he can be on the base pass, not just yesterday uh, in what happened, and just I, I, I'm still I went back and I watched that video about 25 or 30 times. Not just to see Jose Siri barrel over at the home plate umpire Will Little, but you know, just for for the for the sort of you know that that is so exciting of a play, and it also shows how smart the Rays have been on the base paths this year. I mean, how many times last year did we talk about you know this team is is, is getting thrown out on the base paths uh, at rates that you know should not be expected at the level. I mean, there was so many times guys were getting thrown out trying to take an extra base. You're not seeing that this year. You're seeing a much smarter organization knowing when to take that, that extra base and when they're going to be able to. And in yesterday's case, taking that extra base and seeing that Jimmy Cordero was not looking over. All he had to do was look over at third base and Siri would have stopped before he threw to, to, to first base. But he didn't do it Siri noticed it, Brady Williams, the third base coach, noticed it, and that's why he was able to take that run from the end. Please tell me, Steve, though, that you think Will Little deserved that push, though. He de- he deserved <laughs> that just a little bit. And more. And probably more after that performance behind the plate yesterday. I, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that uh, uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, there were probably a lot of chuckles uh, about that, especially, I, I mean, let's face it, the, the umpiring – uh, during that entire uh, homestand, awesome. you look at the the first series. I thought Derek Shelton was fit to be tied uh, with how the uh, the umpires uh, were were calling things. And then in this series with the Yankees, you could tell that Kevin Cash was not happy with how things were going. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there were chuckles all around. <laughs> well, Steve, let, let's go back to Friday night when Cash gets ejected and. And we talked about this a little earlier in the show, but I got to get your perspective on this. You know, clearly the Yankees were throwing at a Rosarana from the very beginning. I mean, read the freaking room for God's sakes. When Randy hit that home run and everybody went, and rightfully so, we get free beer. I mean, for God's sakes, it's, it's, it's like fantastic. Why do the Yankees got to get butthurt about everything that's fun? And they get butthurt about everything. And then, it, of course, they're going to throw at a Rosarana. You let them get away with it once, and then you got to get away with it twice. By giving the warning, yeah. no wonder Cash got ejected. But that's just that's horseshit umpiring. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you completely uh, on that. Uh, you know, you have to read the room and you have to know what Randy has done all year. 
Yes. Uh, you can go all the way back to the World Baseball Classic. He was doing that. And so, uh, uh, of course, uh, the Yankees have to be the purveyors of no fun. Uh, right. We all know that. You can't wear your hair long. You can't have facial hair with, with, the, with the Yankees. And so, of course, they're not going to be any fun. Uh, but I, I look at, uh, you know, them hitting Randy once, you know, and then hitting him a second time. Uh, my, my, I was hoping that Kevin Cash after the game would get asked about it and go, you know, I, I was only upset that they issued warnings because, let's face it, there ain't anybody on that side of the that's worth hitting. <laughs> so I mean, there's no judge, there's no Stanton. You know why? Why are we? I, I, I if we you want like, to keep all the bad hitters on the game. Somebody, somebody asked this on Facebook. Is like, do you hit Lemayhew? Do you hit uh, Harrison? Mayer? I said you would have to hit those guys three times each to equal one hit of Randy. So I mean, come on. Oh, great point, Cardi. Hey, you got some good lines today. I like where I like where you go with this. This is fun. Uh, Steve Cardi <laughs> joining us here. Um, all right, so what's what's next for this team in terms of we you know we got more injuries to deal with, right? This is like freaking an NFL team. Clevenger now uh, looks like he's he's going on the IL for the 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 botched rundown yesterday. Let's get back to fundamentals, boys. Keep the pitcher out of it. Um, so he's on. Who's coming up? What's we got? We got Glass now coming back. Give us some updates on the injuries. Yeah, um, Gla- well, we'll start with the good side. Tyler Glass now in his 46-pitch rehab start uh, in Durham. That's about where they wanted him. Uh, they were looking at three innings or 45 pitches. Um, I-, I thought that, you know, the- from all the accounts, and, and I kind of went back and watched a little bit uh, of the highlights of him, of him throwing, seeing him in the very upper 90s is exactly where you want to see it. Uh, you know, the velocity is there. Now you want to make sure that he's got the command of the off-speed, and you'll probably do that over the next, I would say, two rehab starts. So I would say he's got two more to go because he'll probably go four and, I would say, 60, and then five and 75, and then they'll deem him Dominus Opus. He's good to go and bring him back. As for Clevenger, uh, you know, Kevin Cash saying that the, the knee kind of grabbed him, that's never a good sign. Though it's better that it's a better sign than the knee let go. Uh, you know, if you feel the knee let go, then you know things are, are in bad shape. Him saying that the knee kind of grabbed uh, leads me to believe that this is not going to be a season-ending type thing for Clevenger. But still, you know, a knee sprain, uh, and especially if it's uh, if it's like an MCL, you're looking at six to eight weeks probably. Um, I would think that on short term. You're probably going to see either Trevor, Trevor Kelly or Calvin Fauché in that spot with probably Luis Patino taking over uh, for after after a couple of outings, I would say, uh, as they try and transition Patino from being a starter into the bullpen. Now that, that's going to take a little bit of getting used to and making sure that they know what it takes for him to get ready to come into a game. I, I would think that he's probably the name that you should be looking at perhaps long-term if this thing goes much longer than that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Patino because I saw that, that they are, they're going to transfer him to a reliever. Uh, just your thoughts on, I guess, why they made it. Is it just not working out down there in AAA? I'm sure you follow the team a lot close, closer than we do down there. Uh, just how he's been down there in AAA this year, and is, have they tried it out, have they tested it out yet, uh, whether at the major league level, I think he got a cup of coffee as a reliever with the Rays two years ago in, in AAA as well. Yeah, I, I think that the the plan is 
that uh, you know it's been it's been rough sledding for him um, at the uh, at the as a starter, um, and so I think it, it makes sense to to make the transition. But as I mentioned, Nick, the, there's a big difference in how you get ready mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher versus getting ready for a reliever, and so there that's probably going to be the biggest um, the biggest change for not not just for Patino but for the coaching staff because you have to now get him ready and and doing this at triple a is a hell of a lot easier than doing this at the big league level you have to you know be sure to go okay this is what you need in order to get ready and to and to try and get him you know because you look at it you know relievers uh, especially if you're coming into a clean inning you're you're usually getting started uh throwing in the bullpen with once the first out in the in the inning in the happening prior gets going so gets recorded so you've got basically two outs to get ready i would and and especially with a pitch clock now you know two outs can be a lot shorter this year than it ever was last year so it's all about getting up getting getting hot quickly and, and they have to determine just what it takes for him to get warmed up properly so he can come in and kind of do what wade davis did i mean you remember wade davis as a starter with the rays was throwing, you know, ninety two, ninety three, and then when they when they moved him into a relief role, he's throwing ninety seven, ninety eight. I I'm yeah. thinking that they are hoping that they can see something similar to that with Patino of with his fastball because now he knows that he doesn't have to go and try and save stuff for the fifth and sixth innings of work. He's, he can just go out there, throw an inning, and just let it all hang out. Steve Carney joining us here. All right, before you get out of here, Steve, I postulated this in my monologue that we have not seen the best of the Rays yet. Now, when you look at their record, that should be stupid to say, right? I mean, everything they've done is historic. But Mm -hmm. they could still not have the record and be a better team because they're going to play, you know, step up in competition a little bit in the next month. But they haven't had class now. And their pitch and their pitching staff to get Fairbanks back. And some if Patino can be a good reliever, if he can be a good setup guy. And I, I just think that their their best baseball, their best pitching, I think, is definitely ahead of them. Now I don't expect them to continue to score runs at this pace, but it's not going to fall off very much. So could this team get better as the season goes on? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and those two pieces that you mentioned are, are going to be key for them to take that next even even a next step forward getting tyler glass now back to shore up the uh the the starting rotation now that jeffrey springs is done for the rest of this year and probably a large chunk of 2024 as well uh and the fact that they're doing this with a bullpen that has gotten a whole lot less swing and miss than they've had in years past you know kevin cash doesn't have the whole stable of guys that throw 98 anymore. He's got Pete Fairbanks and um, let's think about it. Oh yeah. Pete Fairbanks. Uh, you know, they don't have yeah. the, the flamethrowers that they've had in years past. They're doing it with guys that can get ground balls, which I think is a, a huge plus, you know, having Ryan Thompson and Kevin Kelly and Garrett Clevenger who are, who were known for getting lots of grounders. Uh, is is a big big plus for them, and by, but I think getting Fairbanks back, knowing that you need a guy 
that can throw a baseball past some of these best fastball hitters in all of the sport uh, is going to be huge for this team taking that next step. And thankfully, Fairbanks is probably a lot closer to returning than most people think. And Glasnow is probably about another uh, week and a half or two weeks away from, from being ready to come back as well. You imagine that. It's getting Glasnow followed by McClanahan, followed by Rasmus. It's, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's going out at, at the trade deadline and getting a number one. Uh, that's, that's, and doing it in mid-May and, and hopefully having him for the, for the rest of the season. That's, that's what they're thinking. And, yeah. uh, it, it makes, it makes Eric Neander and Peter Bendix's life in July, hopefully a hell of a lot easier. Yes. Now your focus becomes, okay, what's the little piece that we need in order to get over the hump, as opposed to say two years ago when they had to go and trade Joe Ryan and, and Drew Strotman to get, Nelson Cruz, which was a big piece that they felt that they needed to, yeah. to get ahead. They don't need that this year. They only need the little piece. And they look yeah. more like Dodgers or a Yankees or a Braves in that aspect than they do uh, in years past when they looked yeah. like, well, let's say, the Rays. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I didn't even mention Eflin, and if I'm not mistaken, they've won every start that he's started. Uh, all right, Steve, tell everybody where they can find your content, your podcasts, all that good stuff. Absolutely. You can catch me at uh, stpete9.com, where we've got all the latest uh, on the Rays. Uh, uh, just putting up uh, an article uh, about poor Ryan Yarbrough, the former Rays uh, starter, oh. got hit in the face with a line oh. drive yesterday, 106-mile-an-hour comebacker, and uh, was able to walk off the field. So uh, talking, about, talking mm. about Ryan Yarbrough and plenty more at stpete9.com, where everything is. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you down the line. Um, yeah, Thanks, guys. Was, appreciate I, it. I saw that video. Holy crap. That is scary stuff. Scary, scary stuff. I, I mean, usually when that stuff kind of happens, I think you a lot of times they've had the stretchers come out and, you know, then it becomes like a really big thing. And obviously, Tyler Zombro, the Durham pitcher, Ooh. his story after he got hit, I mean, it, I can't even imagine. But the fact that he was able to get up and walk off, I mean, that's one tough dude, Ryan Yarbrough. Damn, that was that was scary, scary stuff. Um, all right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side, talk some more football, get into this Peter King article on the Buccaneers, and a couple other thoughts on uh, some of the other uh, uh, things that he said in that column, I think, that are, that are worthy of it. He's the king, right? He's Peter King. So we'll talk about it when we come back. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just 
Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. want to uh, remind you folks that uh, the great folks over at Italiano Insurance are doing their best to keep your costs down for homeowners insurance. Homeowners insurance has gone through the roof. Um, but you never know, they might be able to find you a cheaper policy. So why not go ahead and give them a call at 813-877-7799. They'll also make sure you're getting all the, um, the discounts that you deserve. If you've made some improvements to your home, you probably haven't added those to your homeowner's insurance, so you can save money on that deal. So why not just do a whole checkup, see if they could save you money. While you're at it, let them shop your auto insurance and every other insurance you have around. They can save you thousands of dollars. Let them do all the work. You get the benefits. That's 813-877-7799. Thanks to the good folks at Italiano Insurance. Um, We're having a little discussion on the Bucs and their roster and how Peter King has has ranked them at 31st, only ahead of the lowly Cardinals uh, and behind the Texans, which I'm I think the Texans are going to be a lot better this I year. Too. I do too. But, yeah. but I still I can't see the Bucs as the second worst team in the league. And if any if any team has learned that tanking doesn't work, it's Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> we've we've got to even if you get the number one guy, why would you give up a season or two to get the the guy? If it's you know Caleb Williams from USC, yeah. If you don't know if he's going to be the guy, Jameis they they did that for Jameis, although you know it was one game maybe, but didn't work out. Yeah, and I, and I was going to say, too, for all people that think the Bucks are, like, tanking and stuff like that, 
again, just the moves they've made. If they were tanking, Levante David would not be a Buccaneer. Exactly. They wouldn't have gone above and beyond to try to get Jamel Dean back. Totally agree. Um, Let's see. If they were tanking and he wasn't in their plans for the future, they probably would have just said, you know what, let's just trade Devin White one year out. Let's just bite the bullet, right, for tanking. But they think they can win with them, and that's fine. I think Uh, Ryan Jensen would have been traded. Ryan Jensen might have been on the block potentially. Uh, Let's see. The Ryan Neal is a guy who got all pro votes last year. You're not bringing him in at safety. Um, Baker Mayfield, to an extent, like if they were tanking, wouldn't it just be Kyle Trask and like Chase, Draft quarterback. Chase Daniel or like a fourth, yeah. fifth round pick or something? 100%. Like I just, they haven't made any moves this offseason that have told me, wow, they're really tanking. Like I just, so I just don't see where the narrative's coming from. Barring, the, if, I mean, if they are the, if they end up having the second pick next year, based on what Peter King is saying, that tells me that Todd Bowles was a complete disaster. Yes. And listen, we've, all, we've talked to that one. We've beat that one. That's fair. That is a fair uh, thing that could happen. That yeah. tells me that Dave Canales was in over his head. That tells me that Baker and Trask were just not it at all. And that tells me they probably had some injuries. There's a lot of things that have to go wrong, in my opinion, for the Bucks to be anywhere near the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, honestly. I think this team is every bit as good as any team in the division. Because I think all four teams, if I was to rank the, the, league, the teams right now in the entire league, I'd probably rank all those four teams right next to each other. And probably would have very slight differences for why I put one over the other. But I don't think there's much differentiating these teams in the division like this, uh, this column kind of reads. I think, um, I think the Saints are going to be better than people think. I think Derek Carr's a, a major step up for them in terms of their personality of their team, their toughness of the team, their ability to win games late, uh, which is what this league comes down to. So I think, uh, it, to me, the biggest question in New Orleans, head coach. Again, Dennis Allen. Yeah. Same thing in Tampa Bay. It's it's not the Saints roster that that I, I that I doubt. I think it's a good roster. I think it's a playoff-worthy roster. Um, I just don't know if their head coach can run the show, can run the show. And it's the same thing for Todd Bowles. What – Again, we love Todd Bowles as a person, great dude. Um, we're pulling for him. Absolutely, we're pulling for him. But if you're an objective observer, what evidence is there to suggest that this guy is a good head coach and could turn this whole thing around, can turn the culture around until we see things that uh, are different? And I think we have seen some difference in the interviews. I think he, he seems like he's more in charge. But, I mean, that's just off-season stuff, right? Until we see you know him – galvanize a team on the field where they're not making consistent mistakes like they were last year um, where accountability went down clearly. Um, you know, it seems like there was a lot of things going on that had never gone on before with guys leaving and, and you know, leaving the team, Tom, and, and other things. And, you know, Devin White getting called out by other people but not getting called out by the head coach when it's clear he's not playing to a level he needs to play to. Until we, you know, it, until he stops, you know, telling Tom Brady – that you know, forty-five seconds isn't enough for you to take a team down to get a win- game-winning field goal. I'm afraid you're going to throw an interception, so you're not allowed to call a timeout until he stops making decisions like that, which we won't be able to evaluate till in season. Then all we have to go on is what we've seen, yeah. and it's been bad game management, bad accountability, and a lot of losing, a lot of losing. Yeah, and I, I think overall too in the NFC, and it kind of speaks to Jeremy's point right here that there's only two scary teams. And I think I can already forecast this already. I think the only two teams that, in my opinion, have an ability to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC 
are the two teams that played for it last year, and that's Philly and San Francisco. I, I just don't. The NFC, like, who's the second best quarterback in the NFC? I don't know. I have no idea who it is. Like, I think all these teams in the NFC, save the, the bottom, some of the bottom dwellers like Arizona, I think every other team, there's not much differentiating them at all. So yeah. it's completely wide open for who's going to get the playoff spots 3-7. to Because I just think Philly and San Francisco, and given their off seasons, especially Philly, probably going to be even better next year. Heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Which leaves it wide open. Yeah. That means it leaves it, what, he, what we're saying is it's wide open. And you get a team that has 11 pro bowlers on it, not all over the hill, not even close. And you're you're forecasting that they're the second worst team in the NFC, second worst team in the league. I just it just doesn't it doesn't jive for me. To me, that's a whole Tom Brady bias going the other way. Yeah. And I just and again, you know, so I'd say the the two is the the biggest things that I'm worried about this season are the head coach and the offense coordinator. I think you know it, 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 the, the part of the roster doesn't bother me. I think they have plenty of talent on this team to certainly win this division. And in a wide open, you know, if they were in the AFC, I'd say no, you know, no. There's too many good quarterbacks in that league. There's too, no, you're not making. But in the NFC, to your point, is wide open. And you want to say this is going to be a really, really bad football team? Well, that means that they're going to you know quit on the coach. They're going to quit on everybody. I don't see that the leadership on this team tells me that's not going to happen. Yeah, Ryan Jensen and, ain't going to let that happen. Levante David ain't going to let that happen. And it, Mike Evans ain't going to let that happen. The, the leaders on this team you know, are, are not going to let that happen. I just don't see it. No, and I, and I do see regression coming for some other teams in the NFC as well. I mean, the Bucks. everybody thinks they're going to regress. That's fine, whatever. But the other teams, like I think Green Bay clearly is going to regress. Oh, yes. I oh, mean, no yes. doubt about that. Um, I had the list right here. I think Minnesota, who really got by last year winning a bunch of one-score games, I don't think they Ridiculous have, about. I think yeah. that's going to regression to the mean there. They're going to underachieve. I think Seattle is a prime candidate to take a step back. I think the Giants are a prime candidate to take a step back. Uh, yeah. Does Detroit, is this the year they finally get over the hump? Until they do it, they haven't done it. Uh, and then Dallas is always just kind of there, I guess, for me. But I feel yeah. like they're still lacking something. So, again, like it's wide open in the NFC right now. So I don't think there's – until we see these teams play, I just don't think there's really – it's not fair to almost map out where these teams are going to be at by the time we get to the end of the season because there's just so much of them that's so much alike right now. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think the quarterback thing is going to be just fun to watch. I just think – I think Baker Mayfield's got some stuff in him. I think um, I think Kyle Trask is not going away. I think both of these guys got something to bring to the table, and I just I just sense that this this could be some something fun to watch. And I you know I sense I sense it more with Baker Mayfield than I do Kyle Trask because I've seen Baker do it in the NFL and I've seen him play well and I've seen him lead a team to a to a playoff win that hadn't had a playoff win in forever. So I, I there's something there. You know, people that just think he's trash. You know, go look at the games that he played with the Rams. I mean, two games in, he's leading two fourth quarter drives for a, for a touch for for game winners, he's and then playing you know, with throwing, nobody. Yeah, and then playing, then throwing what five touchdown passes the next week. I mean, I, I, it, to say he's complete trash, I don't get it. The last I, I like time, this. the last time he was fully healthy and had a fully healthy off season was twenty twenty, and those first three years at Baker Mayfield, he played really well. 
And then 2021, he probably had no business being out there. No, none. For half of that season, playing with, what, he had like a torn labrum or something? I mean, all credit to him for fighting through it. I like that. But that definitely turned into his performance. And then an awful franchise just decides they want to go give $250 million guaranteed uh, to Massage Boy, uh, Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he kind of got, I think he kind of got dealt a little bit of a bad hand there, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. And then he walks into a completely dysfunctional situation in Carolina with yeah. Matt Rule who was who's not an, he's just not an NFL head coach. There's yeah, just completely I, over his skis. Completely over his skis and and they gave up on him after what? 5 games and just went out and released him. I think the way that he's carried himself since the Bucks have signed him, I mean, he's out in the community doing things. I love seeing that out of my quarterback. I think he, he the way he carried himself in the first press conference I think you were even like kind of like, okay, you showed me something, Baker. You've definitely matured. You've yep. changed a little bit. You're in a different position now that this is like really kind of like your last shot, essentially, in the NFL. So there's something for him to play for. I mean, am I, again, I'm not under – I know you think that he could win a Super Bowl potentially. You don't know. But I don't think it's to that extent. But, again, I'm talking about can this team be better than last year? Can this team win nine games with Baker Mayfield? And I think the answer to that is yes. I think they can, and and that may be all that it takes. Yeah, and we when we sit here in the off season, coming off a season like that, I, I know, you know people think that it's, it's heresy to say this stuff, but look, every year there's there's six new. I mean, there's there's half the the playoff teams are new. Every year somebody gets off the mat, and we go, wow, look at Seattle. We 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 thought they were the second worst team. Here they are in the playoffs. Here they found a quarterback. It happens every season. Um, I think I think the Bears might be one of those teams next year with with Justin Fields. I was watching uh, Dan Orlovsky do some um, some projections as far as quarterbacks go, and he's got Jace, um, Justin Fields making a big jump. He thinks Sam Howell can do something in Washington because he's he's got some some. I can buy that. Some ability. I can buy that too. I can buy that too. So I think you know we're we're in a very interesting place in this league as far as quarterback goes right now it's a complete transition I mean it's been it's been undergoing this for I think what five years you know maybe since you know Lamar has come along but even before that a little bit with Cam Newton we've seen that the game is changing and I think for the better Um, it's a much more mobile quarterback league and there's action all over the field you're using the whole field whereas as you didn't really do that in a lot of different ways and defenses are having to adjust to become more athletic and lighter. I think the Bucks are doing that, you know, with with the, with the uh, first round pick of Cansey. So the game is changing, and I think it's changing towards quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield and Trask. Again, underrated athletically. You know, when you when you go and, and we we see that everybody's talking about he's he's lighter on his feet. He's worked on this. He can do. I asked you know Dave Canales about that. Can he do the requisite things that you're looking for? Because he says. Quarterback mobility, quarterback runs, a big part of his offense. Is Trask that guy? And he says, yes, he's got enough athleticism. Of course, he's going to say that, but I think it's true. I think it's true that we had Dave Archer come on this show. He, you know, he did uh, Trask last game in Florida and said, see, he thinks he's an underrated athlete, that he can move, he could run for first downs when, he, when he's got an opportunity. Did, did Brady do that more than twice last year? It's a staple of the game now. So, yeah, I think, I think. Everybody, most of these national riders are missing the boat on the box, and maybe I'm a homer, maybe Booger's right. They're they're tanking, but I just I don't see the evidence. I don't see it. No, I don't see. It. Um, all right, let's take a break. I'm going to come back and uh, hit a couple. There's a really interesting uh, 
Believe it or not, there's some interesting storylines in the NBA playoffs, some very good ones. We'll talk some uh, NHL as well as the Panthers again in overtime over in Toronto. I just love what's going on there. So quick break. We'll be back. Brought to you by American Mortgage Services and the Golden Diamond Source. can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Hey guys, JP here for the Gold and Diamond Source. There is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. We know that. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. It's always a fun experience. Just head on over there. You will not find a better selection anywhere in the world. It's a jewelry super center. They've got engagement rings, necklaces, earrings, pendants, chains, and thousands of diamonds to choose from. They're all right there. They don't have to ship anything in. They have jewelry for every price range as well. Guys, if you're looking for some of those baller watches, they have a great selection. They have new and used. You can get some great collectibles there as well. And if you're looking for some more affordable gold and diamond jewelry, you have to check out the Emily collection from Emily Johnson Weintraub. Emily created this collection for people who want to wear and stack elaborate jewelry but don't want to pay the big ticket prices you got to check this stuff out the golden diamond source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget interest-free financing for up to five years and a layaway program 20 percent down and only six monthly payments and this month only get up to 15 percent off the march birthstone which is aqua marine like we always say keep it local folks the uh Golden Diamond Source, Julie and Steve Weintraub, such great philanthropic benefactors. So let's keep it all local here when we have the opportunity, right? It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show on this Monday as the uh, the Rays walk it off against the Yankees. That was freaking fun. And now they're on the road uh, to play 
the second place team in the AL East, the surprising Baltimore Orioles. So I look forward to that. Uh, who's on the bump tonight? Nick? We got McClanahan on the mound. So that's right. That's what it, I thought. It, it goes, uh, what, McClanahan, uh, what is it? Eflin. Eflin and then Chirino. So they got three big ones coming up here. All right. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see what this uh, plucky Orioles team looks like. Um, it's it's appointment television now, but we God, there's so much good going on with the playoffs and hockey and NBA. So I want to get into that. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but uh, uh, Nikola Jokic pushed the Suns owner. Um, you know, it's weird because that's what we're saying. What we should be saying is the Suns owner grabbed the basketball from Nikola Jokic and he got it back. I mean, what the hell was – and if you have seen the video of this – the new owner of the Suns, Matt Ishiba, I think I'm getting it, Ishbia, whatever, Ishbia, the ball goes out of bounds, and he grabs it, and he holds it like a football. Yep. Like he clutches it like this. And Jokic is trying to keep the game going, so he reaches in to get it back, and they're tussling for the ball. I've never seen that from a fan. Have you? Have you ever seen a fan do that? Ever? No, and I, I like how uh, Jokic called him a fan. He's like, a fan yeah. was trying to touch me, <laughs> even though it's the owner. Well, you're the owner of the team. What are you doing? Get out well, of the get I don't out even think Jokic knows that's the owner because he hasn't been the owner very long. Probably not, but st- get out of the way. What are you doing? And that they're actually talking about could he get suspended? Oh, my God. If the NBA were to su- suspend Jokic for this, it would be like your league is – well, your league's already ridiculous in so many ways. But your league is ridiculous in so many ways. You cannot – Draymond should have been suspended in the playoffs when every game is so important in these series – and it turned out not to it actually helped out the Warriors, I think. Um, and then this, there's no way he, get, he for him even getting a technical for this to me is offensive. I don't know about you. What do you? Think? It, it's I, I agree with Jokic. He said that you know the league says they want to protect the players and that's what they're supposed to do. And then you allow this stuff to go on and you're giving him a technical, like in a heated playoff game where a guy who he thinks is just a fan is ripping the ball out of his hands. Yeah. What do you want him to do? Just stand back and say, oh, yeah, just have the ball. Go right ahead. Like, no, no there's a lot of intensity in a playoff game. And, again, these people that sit up there in these offices with suits clearly don't understand it. So I, it would be a an absolute miss of all misses if the NBA were to suspend Nikola Jokic. I mean, you're just watering down your playoff series if you do that. Number, number yeah. The overall that's team a, there. That's, you're just handing them an L um, or a dub for the other team, as, as it were in this case. Um, and I think, I mean, also the way he's playing, by the way, I mean, he's just dominating the series, but I will say this, you know, you said the bench of the Suns is awful and we both agree on that, but there's no way that Durant and Booker can carry them, carry this team to a series win, but damned if they're not scoring more points as a duo in two straight games than any two in the history well, of NBA basketball. I mean, they're doing, that, that's, that's saying something. They're doing the best they can, and yesterday they got helped out. I mean, Landry Shamet. I mean, Landry Shamet scored 19 points off the bench and went 5 for 8 yeah. from 3. So they got a big lift from him. Uh, their bench, actually, that was the best game they've played by far in the playoffs, their bench. They really didn't get much from their three other starters who combined for, like, 15 points or something like that. So can the Suns sustain that? All that being said, they got out with a 5-point victory. And they still gave up 124 points. I just don't think they can stop anybody. I don't think you're getting that from their bench. Booker has to be superhero night in and night out. And he has been. He has been, to his credit. But I still think there's an expiration somewhere with the with these Suns. And I, I still think it's going to be in this series, even though they've gotten it back to 2-2. Yeah, I, but a good series nonetheless. Um, and then the 
the uh, Sixers and Celtics. I don't know if you I watched the end of that game and I watched the highlights. I mean, James Harden has been superhuman in two games and just awful in the other two. So I don't know where he's at. I know Doc Rivers sent him a gospel song, um, which got got him going. <laughs> he's like, it's a seven-minute song. I listened to the whole thing. I'm like, really? That's amazing. Um, but it got him going for whatever reason, and he's like, he's James Harden again. Uh, but can he sustain it? I don't think he can, especially when Jason Tatum is guarding him. He's shooting like 35%. If Tatum doesn't get it early, or, or Jalen Brown, if he doesn't get it, uh, um, an early foul, he probably, you know, Harden doesn't go off, but whatever. It's, it, I just don't see the Celtics as bad as, and they're just so bad at the end of the game. They don't even get a shot off. You know, just, they, just what, what they, they started the last possession with like 12 seconds or whatever. They're just walking the ball up the floor. They don't get into their offense until six seconds are left in the, uh, five or six seconds are left. And, and by the time they kick it out for the three, which Marcus Smart made, um, it's too late. I mean, their end of game has been absolutely terrible. And again, everybody wants to blame the coach. Again, well, like, what, what did they, they got every look that they wanted. They're executing. They don't need a timeout. They know what play they're going to call. I give the coach credit. They don't need a timeout. They're getting good looks, or you know, but not in time. I don't. I don't know. I just think it's it, 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 the players got to step up. The players got to be better in that situation. I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming the coach. What, I, I just I it? just don't trust. Uh, yeah, Boston to me at the end of the game there where it was tied and you know they had 12 seconds and they could have called a timeout and they decided not to and it ends up being a, a Marcus Smart who got a really good look at it and missed it to go to and they had to go to overtime. Just felt like to me like they just don't have any confidence to call up a good play to get somebody open like that and they rather would have just just gone in the run of play but my thing with Boston and my thing with Philly it's so perfect they're playing each other in this series I don't trust either of them right now I really don't I think they're both flawed in their own ways the thing you said about James Harden is he's he's the Anthony Davis of guards as far as I'm concerned it's like one night he's all in one night he's eh, he's just kind of taking a shift you know and Embiid yesterday, I think the, the Celtics found something there a little bit. Horford was, I thought he got into Embiid's head there at the end of the game. Uh, and I know he scored 34 or whatever, but I think that, I think the box score might have uh, inflated his performance yesterday a little bit because I thought the, the Celtics found something without Horford. So uh, I, I probably, I think this series is probably going to go seven just because I think they're going to take turns of who's going to take a night off and who's going to be on from any given basis in that series. A huge game tonight for the Warriors. They're down 2-1, Lakers at home. Let's see what happens there. Uh, Miami Heat, the same situation. They're up 2-1 against the Knicks. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But good playoffs in, in the NBA. I'm, I, a lot of good storylines, and the end of games have been really, really good. Yep. Um, all right, so over to hockey. And oh, wasn't it just so sad to see Toronto losing overtime to Florida again? Oh, with, a tear wow. my, with a tear in my eye. I mean, maybe they celebrated that that first round win too much. I mean, a lot of those Toronto fans that were in my uh, DMs and stuff. Uh, I mean, I think they're still drunk, and maybe their team is too. That's that's too bad. I feel terrible. That's terrible. It's just, it's just, it's so sad, man. It really is the yeah. birthplace of hockey. Oh. I just hate to see them go down. It's like they conquer one Florida beast, and the other one's just got to come in and take it right out of them. They won their first playoff series in 19 years, eight days ago. And eight days later, they're down 3-0, facing elimination. The stars are nowhere. No puck to the luck. last seed, to no, Florida. No puck luck to the last seed. Oh, so it's just terrible. It's it's it is. It it's is. Terrible. I think the NHL needs to redo the series. It just, just can't do. happen. 
This just yeah. can't happen. Surely we can't have a, a Florida. And what if Carolina gets out? We can't have a Florida-Carolina Eastern Conference final. So are we now saying, though, how do we lose to these guys? How do we lose to these I guys? I forever ask myself that. And somehow Toronto has played even worse in this series yeah. than they did I mean, against the Lightning. Yeah. I mean, the Lightning were so much better. It's just puck luck. It's just puck luck. That's all there is to it. And eventually in, in, in the they, NHL, they have, sometimes that gets you. But they have no intensity. They didn't play yeah. that game at all. Like, they really had to win that game. Like, and that's the same thing they did in the Lightning. Like, they showed intensity and give them credit, I guess, because they showed it when they really needed to in, like, the final 10 minutes of games. But you cannot get by like that in the playoffs. Teams will expose you. Like, and they, they're just not playing that style. They don't have any f- style to their game right now, which is just so odd from a team as talented as them. But, you know, I don't really care. Knock them out, yeah. Florida. Please knock remember, them out. Remember when, remember when Florida's only chance to get in the playoffs was if Pittsburgh lost to Chicago? <laughs> yes. I'm starting to think that Sydney and the boys were like, we ain't winning the cup. Oh, no. Screw this. I ain't going to the playoffs. I want to go play golf. There's no way they should have lost to the freaking Blackhawks in that situation unless they were just tanking. Like, eh, eh we're good. We got, I got my cups. I'm good. No, we ain't winning anything, so let's get out of here. So, Florida, you go ahead. You guys, you guys deserve it. You go ahead. And now they're on the brink of the conference finals. How about that? What a sport. What, the NHL playoffs. Nothing surprises me anymore. It is yeah. like the most even playing field. It doesn't matter if you're a one seed, an eight seed. I mean, look at the Kraken. The Kraken knock off Colorado, and then last night in Dallas, they just or I think they might have been home actually. They get seven yeah. goals, seven to two, seven. five in the second. I mean, they're playing the best goalie remaining in the playoffs, I think. And Jake yep. Ottinger, he's not playing like it. Uh, but Seattle, if they get a lead, I mean, they they've shown that they have a great ability to lock it down and score. And there's a fun vibe to them right now. So. I know you're rooting for Seattle to go all the way. Yeah, they're the hard. Story. They're hard to handle at that climate deranged uh, Coliseum. That they, what's the name of that place? Was that climate climate pledge? Climate deranged. Climate change. Climate. What is it? It's like climate change pledge or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, good for them. Um, they <laughs> they went seven to two. That's the final. Wow. Now, uh, tonight we get Vegas and Edmonton, Connor McDavid and the boys. That series tied at one. Dreisaitl has scored 12 goals, by the way, already. <laughs> for those keeping score. I just, I have to, whenever they're on, I just watch. I just have to it's watch. It's so fun. By the way, I was watching the other night. And I got to see, they for some reason, they showed the entire opening to the Vegas, you know, to what they do out there in Vegas, you know, with the night and all and all of it. And I'm just like. You know, I may be just a little bit biased in our game presentation, but that's that's so over the top. And so it's just a so, little bit it's so not hard. Everybody thinks the lightning are over the top. I'm like, that is like a full on like performance before. It's so Vegas though. Mm-hmm. It's so Vegas. But God bless them. God bless them. Um it's it's just a little yeah. over the top in I, my opinion. But I, they moved to Edmonton tonight. I tell you the other thing with the NHL that it's a big it's a big night in the NHL. It's a big night. Not because of the playoffs, but tonight is the draft lottery. Oh, that's right. And it's the Connor it's, Bedard who's, sweepstakes. Who's getting Connor Bedard? And let me tell you this right now. I know what's going to happen tonight already. Connor Bedard, who had a better, who was better in juniors than McDavid, okay, by the way, just for those who aren't aware. The teams that have the best odds of getting him are Anaheim, 18.5%, Columbus, Chicago, and San Jose. So let me map that out for you right now. 
the NHL is not letting him go to Anaheim, Columbus, or San Jose. No. Nope. Chicago would have been perfect if not for everything that happened the last couple years, so they're not letting him get him. Guess who has the next odds after that? You think it's Montreal. Les Habitants. Les Habitants. The Montreal Canadiens are 100% getting Connor Bedard. Somehow, some way, it's going to happen. And you want to know why? Because this <laughs> happened when McDavid was coming out. The two teams that had the highest odds to get McDavid were the Coyotes and the Sabres. And, n- and neither team got yeah. it. It ended up being Edmonton because we had to find the next Gretzky and keep it there in Edmonton and revive them. I, I smell fishy when I see it. Arizona ain't getting them either, by the way. I know they're down there in the odds, too. This guy's going to be a Montreal Canadian by the end of the night. I can feel it. I think we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. Yes, we are. It's starting to feel like a lot of these leagues with the horrible officiating that we're seeing all over the place, and now everybody has replay that goes back to the home office. Uh, it's just, it's getting a little ridiculous here and there, but, you know, I don't know. If, 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 the, if the NHL was doing it, they wouldn't have let, you know, Florida beat, beat Toronto like they are. That's but, true. I mean, Toronto's so bad at this point. I don't know. They, they can't win anything. But we'll see. And, that, and that's tonight. So um, with the NHL draft lottery and also followed by the uh, the game. All right. Um, our thanks to Steve Carney, who joined us today. Nick Geddes, great job there. Uh, thank you all for joining us as well. Remember to follow us on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and just Google the J.P. Peterson Show. Please follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube, also on Apple and Spotify as the podcast, so you'll get notified each and every day when the COP podcast drops at 12 o'clock.